Ellen. Welcome to the Readings Podcast. My name's Chris Gordon. I'm the Events Manager for Readings. But I also don't mind a bit of a chit-chat and I'm delighted today to be talking to you, Ellen Cregan, because you've been a judge in the Readings Prize and now the whole entire committee have come to an agreement on six titles. Is that right? That's correct, Chris. It did take us a little while. There were a lot of books. I think we read... I want to say we read 90. That might not be exactly right. It's all a blur. But we read many, 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 many books. And these are the six that were stood out to us the most and that we loved the most. So tell me about the Readings Prize in the sense of which books, which of these 80, 90, 100, 110 books were you actually reading over this past year? So the Readings Prize is for new Australian fiction. It's open to Australian writers and to their first or second book. Yeah. So I think that is really important, isn't it? Because there's not many other prizes in Australia that celebrate the second book. And the second Mm. book is notorious for being one of the most difficult books to write. Yeah, definitely. Um, There were were definitely more debuts than second books. And I think just looking at the shortlist, which you have in your hands. I do. It's a very beautiful looking (laughs) pile. I think we only have one second book, actually, on on that short list of six. So let's go through these sort of titles, but along the way I'd love to hear some of your tips for being a top-notch judge. Okay. <laughs> because uh, so, so my understanding is that you get a year to read these first or second books. Uh, it can be that, that have been published in Australia. They can uh, The numbers can reach up to 100. Are you reading every single book cover to cover? No, that would be totally impossible. Yeah. Um, my rule was that I would give every book 100 pages. Yeah. If I wasn't feeling it at 100 pages, I'd put it down. If somebody else on the committee, because there were four of us, if somebody else loved that book, I would then go back to it and reread the book. But my, my rule was 100 pages just for the sake of my time, the amount sanity. of books, my sanity. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's a lot to take in. Because when, you, you know, when you're reading that many books, it's all these worlds you're taking into your brain and it becomes a bit of a becomes quite loud and busy in there. So yeah, 100 pages. I love the idea and is this right or is this just perhaps a romantic notion of a group of you the judges all sitting in a room for for days on end arguing who's going to be on the short list. Is it like that? Is there arguments? Is there passion? Are there people in tears? Are there people <laughs> laughing? In our situation, there weren't. We were actually pretty much on the same page. I did go in when we sort of got to the point where we were deciding. I went in all guns blazing with one particular book oh, and I was oh, very aggressive. It. I was championing it, but then everybody agreed with me, so I felt a bit silly. <laughs> is that on this sixth? Is that on this pile of six books? It is. It made it in. It's um, my personal favourite of the shortlist, although let's they're all fantastic. Let's, let's start with it. It's Pink Mountain on Locust Island by Jamie Marina Lau. Yeah, yeah. Which is published by Brow Books. Okay, so I am already am interested in the cover of this book. Mm. It's an unusual cover. It's it's all black with sort of uh, splotches, if you like, of, of pink and the title is in pink also. To be honest, you don't see many books with a pink writing. Mm. Why why this book? Why were you championing this particular novel? I really wanted it to be on the shortlist because it is by a young woman of colour who's a fantastic writer who is very early in her career and who is extremely young, like in her early 20s. So I think it's the kind of book that... um, is ex- it's really interesting, it's really experimental, and it's also she has so, so many places to go. experimental in style, do you mean? Yeah, so it's yep. sort of done in fragments, and it's um, it's the story of this young woman whose father is a painter, 
And it's it's kind of hard to... It's more about the language than the plot when it comes to this book. It's really experimental with Cantonese and English kind of mixing together and, like I said before, those fragmented chapters. So it's definitely much more of a um, book about language than it is, is about Is it the plot. type of book that you read in one sitting or is it one that you dip, and dip in and out of? Um, I did read it in a couple of sittings, but I did burn through it quite quickly. Mm. I definitely... Um, sort of couldn't stop myself, I guess. I think I had to get up and leave at one point to go do something and I definitely felt sad about having to leave that book behind. Well, I'm very intrigued to read this book myself. It does look extraordinary. The, the printing of it is beautiful. I like these short passages that you can see throughout and uh, it's always important that Australia has another new voice. Mm, definitely. Okay, so take me through another book that I have heard is an unusual type of novel, Sean Prescott's The Town. Mm, so this is another book from Brow Books. Yep. Um, Sean Prescott is a writer who I believe is based in New South Wales and he actually does a lot of, um, he's done a lot of music writing in the past. This is a novel that's... Do you mean lyrics? He's written uh, lyrics? No, like or... music criticism. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh-huh. I believe. Um, so this is a book that, it, it's a novel set in middle Australia in a town that is never really named and it's just kind of this kooky very funny story about living in those in-between spaces like the towns that only have chain stores and sort of not quite in the country not quite in the city but you're somewhere out yeah. in the middle of nowhere yeah. and there's a bus that goes around the town that never picks anybody up it's that oh. kind of place but it's a it's a hysterical book i laughed a lot so it's funny it's very funny i sometimes felt bad for how much i laughed because it's also quite dark is it taking a bit? Is it having a bit of a go at these people that are living in the middle of Australia? I don't think so. I think it's just it's kind of laughing at this the way those towns are all the same. So I think it it's kind of like um, food courts in a small shopping mm. mall or something mm. like that. It's it's sort of pointing out how you can go to five small towns and the food court will look exactly the same. Yeah, 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 and smell the same. And smell the same. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next book is uh, by a guy called Robbie Arnott and he's written an extraordinary book that, a bit like Sean, is receiving enormous uh, uh, accolades. The book is called Flames. Mm. So Flames is a really wonderful novel. It's set in Tasmania and it's it's a book that's quite of the natural world. So it's very much about Tasmania and it sort of feels like Tasmania is a character in the book. It's a very mm. magical book. There's a lot of I elements. I agree with Robbie with like that. Yeah. I think Tasmania is its own little character. Oh, it completely is. Yes. Um, and Robbie is uh, grew up in Tasmania, so there's a, it's very close to that um, scenery and that setting. Uh, and it sort of follows this one family who have a lot of magical things happening. It plays with genre. It plays with their ideas of what genre should be and what characters should be, and it's just a very, it's a very weird book, but it's a very wonderful book, and it's it's definitely extremely absorbing. So it sounds like already that that the judges, the Reading Prize judges, have chosen three titles that are not traditional. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> none of the books are really, none of the books on our shortlist are traditional. I think when we went in, when we started judging, we decided that we wanted to choose books that would bring something new. Yeah. And books that we found exciting. And did you decide that as sort of a collective at the very beginning? We did, yeah. We sat yeah. down and we said, what are the things we want um, 
our winner to be and we want it to be exciting, we want it to feel new, we want it to play with language and we want it to challenge our conventions of what a, an Australian novel can be. Amazing. So tell, tell me about this gorgeous cover book uh, by Tracy Sorensen called The Lucky Galah. Uh This is one rare bird. It, it is a rare bird. Um, so The Lucky Galah is a book that is narrated by a galah. It's, right. Yeah, it's set in the 19th... 19- Narrated by a galah called, called Lucky. Called Lucky. Yeah. Um, it's set in the 1960s in a small town in Western Australia. And the, the premise is that um, this is around the time the moon landing is happening and this family moves out there because the father's going to work with the Americans sort of monitoring oh, yeah. the moon landing. But Lucky is a galah who sort of flies into their path and narrates the lives of all the people in this town um, and sort of communicates with the satellite dish through... Um, through her Galah language. Yep. That sounds incredible. <laughs> it's very good. It's it's a, it's a tough one to um, explain to people what it's like because you um, see the words, like you see the words that it is narrated by Galah and that just, you know, understandably that can, that can be confronting. But it's fantastic. <laughs> Lucky's one of the most um, enduring characters I've read in ages and sort of... Is still is so is not like is anthropomorphized, but not to an extent that it's sort of difficult to believe. She thinks Galar thoughts is what I'm trying to say. Wow, she just wants to tell stories. She's very she's very lovable as a protagonist, and it's also telling a little bit of a Australian and American history. Yeah, it is. It's definitely. Is- I think it might actually be one of our only historical novels that's on this um this short list as well. Incredible. Okay, so take me through Jennifer Down. This is uh, her story. This is a short story collection. Mm. So this is her second book. This is her second book. She's a terrific writer. I've enjoyed her work at Pulse Points. Mm. So Jennifer Down's one of my favourite writers working in Australia today. She has written this amazing short story collection called Pulse Points that um, some of the stories have appeared elsewhere in, in magazines and things and others are new in this book. And they're all kind of... Um, all the stories are sort of about love and about the point where love falters and relationships sort of have hitches that come up. They're all very different, but they all have a this thread running through them of the pulse point, like what, where is Almost that? Almost like the crossroads or something, is it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But she's just a magnificent writer. She's so um, good at capturing human emotion and she's very good at writing sort of these atmospheric tableaus. She's just a really, really wonderful young author. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think she's quite incredible. And I love a short story collection. I mm. like it that you can read a couple of stories before you drift off. And Yeah, well, this was the one that I found I couldn't stop reading because oh. I'm like that as well. I like short stories when you can start and stop and sort of pick it up and put it down. But this book I actually didn't ever want to stop. I There were so many opportunities, but I couldn't. I just burnt through the whole thing. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> and then the last on the list is The Fireflies of Autumn and Other Tales. So this is a um, really interesting book by Moreno Giovanoni and it's it's sort of set up like fables. Oh. Yeah, so it's based a lot on his childhood um, coming from Tuscany to Australia and the stories that he remembers from his community. This is his first book too, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is his first yeah. book. And so it's kind of set up like... Um, a series of stories that are coming from this one town, um, San Ginese, but it, they're remembered, so it almost feels like somebody's telling you a story from long ago and yep. they're all quite, um, 
not necessarily didactic, but they're quite, you know, there's a moral there and there's a, there's a clear message. Clearly a moral? Often it's not super clear, but yeah, it is right. there. And often it's a bit, it is a bit about the grey area when we tell those stories that are from many generations ago. I think it seems, I think this list seems quite incredible, actually, in the sense that all of them, as you say, have been unusual, uh, they're, they're non-traditional, they're covering uh, two are from Brow, two are from Tex, one is from Black Ink and the other one from Penguin. I just think that seems like a wonderful, wonderful collection. Who would you recommend this collection for? What type of reader mm. do you need to be to enjoy these novels? I think you have to enjoy being challenged. Yeah. I think you have to enjoy a bit of the unknown in your reading. It's not it's not the kind of reading where things are going to be clearly signposted or clearly you're not going to have a clear outcome to the novel from the beginning. So there's nothing none of them are a strict sort of adhere to genre in a strict way. So there's no we have we don't have any crime on this year's mm. Shortlist. There, there are some elements of crime in all of the books, but um, or like sort of conflict, th- at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, Flames in particular has a storyline within it that has quite a um, hard-boiled detective, but that's not really the whole book. So I think you, yeah, you definitely have to enjoy being challenged in your reading. I think it's a perfect shortlist for anybody to read who wants to know what's happening in Australian publishing and yeah. what are the things that are exciting people and. It's kind of, I think six books is definitely not enough, but it's a good overview because we've, the judges and myself have been reading all year and we will never have a better overview of what Australian publishing is like in terms of debuts. So I feel like we've kind of taken from that experience that um, sense of the community and of the writing of the publishing community and we've been able to sort of refine it into six books, I hope. So very, very exciting. Do you think that being on this shortlist can change the sort of careers of some of these authors? What do you think, even just being on a shortlist of a a sort of a major prize? Mm, I think that being on a shortlist of any prize heightens the profile of a book and it means a lot of people will see it that might not have seen it beforehand. It's the best recommendation a book can get really, which is um, why it felt very special to be a part of the whole process because I could aggressively recommend the books that I love the most to a very wide audience yeah, rather yeah. than just on a one-on-one basis. So I'm thinking about, you know, all of you judges there with these six shortlisted books and I guess now you have to meet and sort of fight it out for, for an <laughs> overall winner. I mean, they're all winners, clearly. You don't get on a shortlist like this unless your book and your skill is of something quite extraordinary. But I imagine that when you meet now to decide the overall winner, uh, will, will blood be spilled? Will there be violence? Uh, or are we all sort of feeling like we're on the same track? I think it could go any way, really. <laughs> it's it's annoying, but I feel like we all loved each of these books. Everyone has their favourites, but it's actually very, very hard for me to pick a favourite out of these because I think I've got one and then I'm like, but wait, what about this? Um, So I think that we will be joined in our final meeting by Tony Birch, who's our guest judge, um, a wonderful author. So it'll depend what he thinks and what he enjoys. But I feel like the... Choosing the winner is going to be harder than it was to choose the shortlist. Of course. Because the shortlist, we all kind of intersected, but I think the winner, we're all going to be coming from different areas and different places within the books and have different rationales. 
Have you enjoyed being a judge on the Readings Prize? I have really enjoyed it. Like I said before, I feel like I'll never know more about Australian publishing yeah. or the lit scene, but it is exhausting, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it is. The, <laughs> it's very exhausting. I know you've done it in the past. I have and- done it in the past and it is uh, <laughs> it is overwhelming. Do you think that there is a theme? Because I remember when I did was a readings judge a couple of years ago, I found there was a theme of sort of nature and mm. trees and do you feel like there's a theme this year for the whole year of publishing? Do you Well, there were some trends. We had a lot yeah. of bird books. Yeah. So many bird books. Oh, and the Lucky Galara is up there. The Lucky Galara is up there. There were, and there are a couple of bird books that nearly made it on that just didn't quite yeah. get up to that top six. Um, there were also a lot of books with teenage protagonists, mm. which I thought was interesting. Um, I think that is a trend that we're seeing at the moment where, I mean, maybe it's an ongoing thing, but we did read a lot of books where they're sort of adult fiction books but had teenage protagonists. Where the hope is. Yes, yeah, so I think um, Pink Mountain on Locust Island has a teenage protagonist, yep. like late teenage years, and Flames, the protagonist is in her early 20s as well. Alan, so now that you've read all of these books over the last year, these first and second novels by Australian authors, I imagine perhaps you're moving away from some of the works that have been published here in Australia. What, what are you reading now? I'm reading Less, which is the novel that won the Pulitzer Prize this year. It's a fantastic book. Um, It's extremely well written. It's about this man, Arthur Less, whose ex-fiancé or ex-partner is getting married and he just can't bear to go to the wedding. So he decides to kind of do all the things he's been putting off for years. And it's such a funny... It's an American novel and it's very funny and very um, light and quite heartwarming and I'm really enjoying it. So is the protagonist an older person? Yeah, he's an older man. Yeah, you've walked right away from the bird and the teenage protagonist. No no teenage girls. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, he's he's on the cusp of turning 50 and he's sort of hitting that I know all about it. But it's a really great book. I'm actually reading it for a book club, which I think will be really interesting because there's a lot to pack apart in this book, I think. I'm interested. You you belong to a book club? I do. I um, belong- You've been a readings judge and <laughs> you also work on the Kill Your Darlings book club and you belong to another book club. I do. I just can't get enough of books. What you can I say? <laughs> I love that, that about you, I really do. I just love that about you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chris. Such a pleasure. 